<laughs> on Skype. Yeah. I'm sharing my screen so you know this is not a lie. I'm not cheating if I am the first person who gets to go first. That's all thanks to this website, which is a legit website. <laughs> I did not create this website. Are you sure? <laughs> Cody Here we go. Randomize. Up first, M. Second, me. Third, Kristen. Fourth, Brian. That is our order for tonight, folks. Excellent. Okay. Power of Women's Wrestling. My name is Harvey Vasquez, and you know my co-host, M. Fear. This week, a very special edition of Grit and Glitter, what we hope will be a new annual tradition. We're calling it the 2023 Women's Wrestling Draft. What does that mean? We'll get into all the rules of the gameplay, but first, let's introduce, let's welcome back to the show our opponents slash friends in this fatal four-way. Up first, she is a contributor to Forcing Illustrated. She's the owner and operator of Beltabells.com and the mastermind behind the Beltabells Women's 500, Kristen Ashley. <laughs> Hi, friends. Thanks for having me. And our fourth a partner joining us today all the way from the West Coast. They are a contributor to Outsports and they're the host of LGBT in the Ring, our sister podcast, our favorite wrestling podcast. Brian Bell. Yo, I, I am psyched for this. <laughs> like, y'all don't understand. I am a fantasy sports junkie. I do this stuff in my sleep. I I am all for this idea. Competitive? A little bit. <laughs> Perfect, because I know nothing about sports. I don't know anything about drafts. And this is our first time right. ever doing this. Well, it's easy. You'll, you, yeah. And- yeah, that's pretty easy. Unless somebody just grabs everybody you want, well, then that's a problem. That's yeah, that's that's a significant issue. Which I mean, <laughs> just saying that could happen over and over and over again. But actually, I think I think with the grouping of people that we have, we'll have a diverse enough interest, and um, a lot of us have different promotions that we focus on. So yeah, yeah. Well, I have a good feeling. I feel like there'll be a couple of steals here, but for the most part, I think it's going to be very uh. Very relaxed, very collective. All right, so here's how we are doing things. We have six categories. All right, our six categories are WWE, AEW slash ROH, Impact slash NWA, Japan, The Independence, and Wildcard. The goal here is for each of us to try to create the best all-around roster that we can. Thanks to our friends on the internet, turn order was decided at random. Up first is M, followed by me, Kristen third, Brian fourth. You're drafting, for most cases, one wrestler per category. You can choose from any category in whichever order you want. If you want to start and have your first draft pick be AEW, go for it. If you want to start with the independence, that's your prerogative. Wrestlers of marginalized genders are eligible for this. 
as long as they are active wrestlers. So if they're currently on the shelf because they're nursing an injury, that's fine. They can be drafted. If they're retired, they are not eligible for this. As I said, six picks in six different categories. Five of these picks are individuals. One will be a take team. That take team must be a duo and they must have a pre-existing relationship. So if you say for your take team, I'm choosing damage control, you have to specify, I'm choosing Dakota and EO, I'm choosing Bailey and Dakota, something like that. If they're a team that isn't together anymore, they've broken up, but they have teamed together in the past, I'll allow it because we've seen teams break up and get back together all the time in wrestling. That's stories. Mm-hmm. We are also extending in the category of take team to include cis male wrestlers, as long as they are paired with somebody who otherwise fits the criteria on the list. Bussy is eligible. Kings of the District are eligible. Teams like this. In addition to your six draft picks, one of those six draft picks must be a broadcaster. This is somebody that you're choosing specifically to be in a broadcast role in your new promotion, either on a commentary, ring announcing, backstage interviewer, something to that effect. Otherwise, the other four remaining draft picks are single individuals in the categories of WWE, AEW, Impact, NWA, Japan, The Independence, and Wildcard. Japan refers to wrestlers currently active in Japan. So someone like a Julia or an Emi Sakura is eligible in this category. Someone like an Asuka is not. She would be eligible in the WWE category. Independent wrestlers should be straightforward enough just to specify independent wrestlers from any country. This can be America, this can be Australia, England, Canada, Mexico, wherever your heart chooses. Wildcard is essentially the free space on the bingo card. This is anybody from anywhere. So you can choose, use your wildcard to choose a second WWE wrestler, a second wrestler from Impact, whatever you see fit. Obviously, the nature of a draft is first come, first serve. If somebody else chooses somebody to be drafted to their team, that's it. They're off the board. You got to choose somebody else. So that's the sort of the big high stakes part of this is if there's somebody that you really want on your team, grab them early before somebody else does. When this episode is all done and posted Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, we'll share our final rosters online and we'll let you, the Twitterverse, decide who won this friendly competition. I think that's all the rules. Did I miss anything? Are there any questions? No. Yeah, I don't have any questions. I have one. For WWE, can you choose the NXT? Yes, definitely. NXT, uh, NXT UK, UK isn't a thing anymore. But anybody, anybody who's signed to a WWE contract. Okay, thank you. And if somebody is currently like frequent on the indies but is signed by Impact and makes regular impact appearances, they count as an impact roster member, correct? I think for the purposes of this, we're going to take ROH, Impact, NWA as, I don't know what the what term to use, but they, they rank higher than the independents on the hierarchy. So yes, if somebody, if someone wants Masha Slamovich, I think she qualifies in the impact category, not in the independence category. Got it. Okay, cool. Any other wrinkles, any other uh, hiccups, we'll cross those bridges when we come to it. This is our first time, so there might be some instances where there might be some friendly debate. If somebody 
nominate somebody and the rest of us aren't sure, we can raise a hand. We can talk about it for sure as to whether or not we think they qualify in that category. Let's do it. Sounds good. Play ball, as they say, on the sports field. <laughs> Let's kick things off. M got the first draft pick. Mrs. Fear, who is the first draft to your team? Okay, so I've got a kind of theme going with my picks this time. So let me know, friends, uh, when you get like when you get hip to what I'm doing with my uh, pseudo like women's roster. Um, I clarified my clarifying question was because my first pick is Masha Slamovich, um, out of Impact, also known as current GCW champion. Um, Masha Slamovich is tearing things up both in Impact, a major promotion, and everywhere in the Indies. Uh, regular champion cited else was you know cited various places during WrestleMania weekend. She's kicking off my roster. Beautiful. I have deleted her from my list. We are moving on. To... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was my, yeah. She was my uh, she was my runner up in my oh. Impact NWA category. So I'm still I'm still doing okay for that category right. myself. Yeah, there were a lot of worthy people in Impact to consider. Um, I almost went with Diana, but I like I said, I have a theme going with mine, and I'm eager to see how this shapes out. You're making your own little glow. Um, you, no, got, exactly. you got the heel Russian. <laughs> you just need Liberty Bell. Okay, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> but that is not actually what I'm doing. Um, but you'll see. You shall see. All right, my first pick then. I am going to make maybe a bold choice, and I'm going to start with my broadcaster. I know, crazy, right? Like, who the least important person? You want your wrestlers. You want your main eventers. Why start with your broadcaster? I have to, because I know somebody else at this table would take Veda Scott if I did not. Yes. The category Damn is it. independence. <laughs> Veda has said for well over a year now that they want a full-time commentary position with a major promotion. Congrats, Veda. You made it. <laughs> I, mean, okay, I, don't so have, I don't have a name yet. I don't have uh, any uh, blank checks available for you yet. But... Veda's proven how, how great they are and how dedicated they are to doing commentary. It feels like no matter who you partner them with, whether it's Ian Riccoboni, whether it's Alyssa Marino, Sam Laterna, they can do it all. They can do it as, like, they can play more of a color role if you need them to. They can do more of the play-by-play. -play. They're great in that regard. And, hey, bonus, they can wrestle. So, hey, maybe once in a while, you know, once or twice a year, you can run that angle where a heel gets two up in their face and Veda answers the call and gets in the ring for a match or takes a bump to sell another angle between two other wrestlers. Just a, just a little bonus. That is a bonus. Who else has to cross Veda Scott off their potential draft? I think Holy. all of us do. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck you, Harris. Veda, you're loved, man. Very. All right. Up third, Kristen, where are you going to start? So I'm also going to start with my broadcaster because I feel like this will also get scooped up. And I'm going to go with Renee Paquette. Oh, fuck off, Kristen. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like with broadcasters, there's only so many choices. And Renee Paquette obviously is top tier. So I'm grabbing that one. I love Renee. Hoping to be on her show again soon. So I'm, I'm grabbing her. Sorry. Sorry, I'm... Sorry, not sorry. And that's in your AEW category. Correct. 
All right, Brian, your move. I am maybe going to be a little bit unorthodox and cause a little bit of chaos here because I'm going to start off with my tag team. And I am choosing not Bussy, but two-thirds of Thrussy. I am taking Dark Sheik and Alley Catch. Whoa. What does that do? Can can we no longer pick Bussy? You can no longer pick Bussy. Wait, what? Does that count, Harley? Because it's technically a trio. No, this is the thing. So Brian has chosen to draft in the category of independence, I'm guessing, yes. the take team of Dark Sheik and Alley Catch, which means both of those women are off the board now. Right. And oh, Did you do yes. that? Yes. <laughs> no, I. One, I do enjoy just stoking chaos in these kinds of settings. But two, like both of them are, they're amazing together, um, and they're also amazing separate from one another. So you have a lot of flexibility with both of them, and also you got some really steady leadership with Dark Sheik on board as well. So. All right, all right, yeah, no, fair, fair. Yeah, that's the, so. There's so many factors to consider. Uh, now that we're down, we're done round one already. So many factors to consider here because obviously we're choosing seven individuals, six wrestlers, one broadcaster to be a part of a promotion. No quality thriving promotion can survive with just six wrestlers. So this isn't the this isn't our entire division. This is more the foundation. That's how I'm thinking of it, is these are the six people, the seven people that are going to be like the top main event scene in my group. And then when we're done here, when we go off air, then I'll go hire some rookies, I'll hire some mid-carders, some more people to flesh out the division. Yeah, unlike some divisions, right? There's going to be more than six wrestlers. So, burn. Scorching. Okay, well, round two kicks off. We go in reverse order now from round one. So that means, Brian, it is your pick again. Uh, okay, I am going to go to Japan for this next pick, and I am taking Vinny. Mm. Good choice. Good choice. Mm. Yes. Outstanding <laughs> athlete, can work so many different styles beautifully, uh, and fits in perfectly with the motif that I'm building in my head. Also, we get Vinny to the U.S. more, <laughs> and that, I need that. That is true. Under better circumstances than last time. <laughs> well, Kristen, your second pick. So I'm going to use this under wild card because I have other ones under Japan. But I'm going to go for my tag team, Magical Sugar Rabbits. So Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki. On their own, they're awesome. Um, but together, they are so dominant at TJPW, um, and they just had a crazy good uh, main event um, at Grand Princess, I think it was Grand Princess 23, and, you know, teammates, Yuka has the top title, right, and Mizuki comes in, and you would think, like, it would be, I mean, typically it's not, but the, the angle is, right, right, oh, they're teammates, it's going to be a soft match, and it it wasn't, it went super hard, um, so, yeah, Magical Sugar Rabbit's under my wild card. They were my, they were my number two pick in the Japan category. They're so yeah, good. They're my number two tag team pick, so. Well, were. <laughs> <laughs> were, were, they were. <laughs> well, they're still number two in my heart. <laughs> I love a tag team 
that can do take team stuff and single stuff. Like they're credible singles wrestlers and they can do, you know, on Saturday night, they can wrestle singles matches and be considered as top contenders in the singles division. And then a week later, team up as a take team and still, and be seen as a, like a real take team as well, because you don't get that too often from the big promotions. It's often their great take team. They never wrestle singles or the two great singles wrestlers who got slapped together as a take team. They're not really a take team. They don't have matching uniforms. They don't have a name. But especially in a situation like this, a team like Magical Sugar Rap is a team like Alley Catch and Dark Sheik. Really strong picks because you can use them in both capacities. Yeah, and I think what's what, you know, with the big, <laughs> if they even care about tag teams, right, is that they don't know how to write for women um feuds it's typically like oh um you know a guy's involved or it's very you know catty so often when when tag teams are paired with each other they have to break up eventually because they just don't know how to write friends (laughs) typically um everyone's always trying to you know stab each other in the back which you know makes sense to a degree right because if you're going for the top title no one's a friend but I think, like, in the case of these two tag teams we've mentioned, it's it's absolutely possible because you got Mizuki and Yuka who are ready to kill each other. And they're, you know, Mizuki's really out to prove that Yuka is not top dog and it works. And then, yeah, and then a week later, they're like, oh, we're still friends. Um, even after the match, they're showing love. And I think that's also very possible between two women who compete. <laughs> All right, my second pick. I, when I first started my uh, my rough draft of who I was going to choose in each of the categories, I was looking at it and going, okay, way too many baby faces, because I'm a baby face guy. I love a plucky baby face. I love an underdog. I love somebody who just like desperately needs the crowd support. But you can't really have a division that's just baby faces. You can, and it's okay, but... You need at least one or two, like, really just real dickheads, real bullies, real, like, jerks, and who are mean and vicious to make those baby faces fighting uphill all that much stronger. So in the category of AEW slash ROH, my second pick is Athena. That's a really good pick. <laughs> okay, I had her. If you had asked me, if we were doing this five months ago, I might not have chosen her in this category but this run that she's on right now like going back to athena pre-wwe going back to even her ember moon run in nxt which is very strong she's on a different level now something's clicked and just the the viciousness the stiffness in the ring the sureness of her character and as we're seeing on honor club right now just her willingness to work with with anybody anybody and everybody she just like loves wrestling with as much young and new talent especially as well she can play that bit of that veteran role like that veteran working talent in my little promotion here as well which i think is great to help elevate the younger new people up the card that is a really good pick damn it (laughs) all right em your round two pick okay so i have to do some recalibrating for my aw roh uh pool Um, So while I'm rethinking that, I will go ahead. So this is going to come, this is going to be kind of a weird one because of what I'm trying to do with my roster. But as my broadcast pick, 
I'm going to go ahead and pull our dear friend, former Glitterati member and current interview backstage interviewer and ring announcer for Enjoy Wrestling, Meg Fair. And the reason why I'm picking Gem is because they will be very suitable for this promotion in a... Uh, they will be an interesting visual counterpoint to what I am trying to assemble with the rest of my wrestling picks. Hmm. Big meaty women slapping meat. I mean, I just, I love the idea of Jem being surrounded by nothing but like blood-seeking hosses. But yes, so Jem is my uh, my pick. I think that doing fabulous work with Enjoy backstage interviewing. Um, they've recently added more like like more long form or like they played with the interview structure backstage and with their promos recently, which I think is working out really well. And I think they're very well suited to. So yes, Meg, you're drafted. You're in my picks. Get your bags ready. We are staying exactly where you already live because you live in my city. That concludes round two. We're blowing through this thing. I was, I was afraid we we're going to be like, this is going to be a long episode, but I don't think it is. <laughs> I was like, do I eat dinner during this episode? Because is it going to be 10 PM by the time we're <laughs> Well, yeah. So let's let's pause a little bit between each rounds and talk a little bit about how about how things are shaping up. We've had two tape teams chosen. We've had two broadcasters, no, three broadcasters chosen already, which is interesting. But I can, and I think that goes back to what Kristen was saying earlier about there aren't that many like strong. There there are there are certainly more than four. Like I I don't I don't worry that Brian's not going to be able to find anybody to be the broadcaster for their company. But they're certainly they're certainly in higher demand. I don't know about the rest of you, but okay, yeah, nobody's been chosen also in the WWE category yet. And I think that also attests to the fact that like there's so much talent there. If your number one pick gets taken, not that big a deal because you got a strong second, a strong third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, I also feel like I mean WWE has this weird thing, right? Where it's like like top tier um like you know top card and then like like then just people you never see (laughs) so I feel like there's there's so many women that you can choose um and it just depends on do you want a top card person or do you want like that underdog that you just never see yeah and I mean I think it's also a matter of like picking people who fit within certain roles but trying to re-envision like what they could be doing outside of their parent company. Like, especially when you have someone who's in WWE, like it's interesting to think what this wrestler could do if they weren't like locked into the WWE style, essentially, or like what storytelling would exist out for them if they, you know, broke out of the currently existing form of their character entirely. Exactly. I mean, case in point, look at Steph Delander right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my Steph God. Delander has completely rebuilt herself into something brand new and wonderful post WWE at this point. Whereas when she was in NXT, like outside of you know being hanging on the side of Indy Hartwell, like you didn't really get much of her. Yeah. It was a, a damn shame. I mean, we we just did a episode covering the latest Impact pay per view, and I I just think about like the disastrous waste of Diana Perazzo when she was you know in NXT for however long she was. Like they did next to nothing with her, and within you know six months of being in Impact, she had like everything she needed to be a dominant champion several times over. All right, round three. M Fear, you're up. Okay, so I'm still thinking about this AWR which situation. 
But I think I've come to the conclusion that my Haas slash like killers mentality when it comes to my roster isn't killed entirely. But I'm going to take a bit of a more cheerful spin on it. And I'm going to take a powerhouse that brings all the big power, but also with a big smile because I'm snagging up Willow Knight. She's the babe of power. And she is not a like angry or bloodthirsty killer, but uh, she has a ton of power behind everything she does. And she is a huge, huge crowd favorite. Um, she'll bring them in the door. She'll make them leave smiling. Willow Nightingale, come on down. I knew it before you even said the name. <laughs> yeah. Four words into it. I'm like, okay, so Willow Nightingale. <laughs> so, uh, so I need someone from ROH who does a lot of ROH time and is bigger, but isn't, but unfortunately she doesn't fit my, my blood thirsty qualifications, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, Willow and Athena are really like the only constants in ROH right now. They're the two, they're the division. It's them and a bunch of guest stars. And so that's a real testament because Athena has, I don't even know off the top of my head, but 10, 15 years of experience behind her, Shimmer and WWE and all this other stuff. Willow only has the independence. I mean, to illustrate the point, I just I took a sneak at peek at uh, ROH's current roster on its website and like the everything <laughs> are updated, but um, there's not even a complete men's lineup here, let alone women's lineup. The only two women featured on their roster page are Athena and Mercedes Martinez. Like, even Willow's not on there. Several of the women who've appeared in recent episodes of ROH television are not on here. It's just, it's a, it's weird. I don't know that their, their women's roster is like really cemented at this point, or maybe it can't be, but we know that Willow has done enough time and appearances in ROH and she, and she's also an AEW, so she counts in either coin. Um, but yeah, it is, it's kind of funny. Um, they're like, I don't even remember the last time I saw Mercedes Martinez. I, it, she's not been on television either. So, um, she's been injured. yeah, she's been injured. So it's just been, yeah. So just her and Athena are on the roster page on the ROH website. Well, I'm not surprised. Right. I mean, that's the problem with owning two companies is how do you, I mean, he clearly doesn't want to split it up, at least not right now, which seems to me like your content is cannibalizing itself but maybe that's just me (laughs) i mean there's something there's an argument to be made there um i didn't realize so the way that roh tv tapings are happening is very weird to me because they're doing actual like you know like studio tapings for roh but they're also taping matches before AEW dynamite because at the Pittsburgh show, the first hour prior to Dynamite was an hour of ROH matches. So that's kind of funny with the timeline. I get from a practical standpoint, it's genius because you've got these AEW involved wrestlers who are going to make appearances in ROH television. Why not, you know, use them all in one night? It makes the most sense. But from an ROH like storytelling standpoint and timing wise, we all always have this issue with syndication. I guess now that everything is direct to streaming, it's a little bit more streamlined, but like, it's just got to be so many balls in the air. Like this match got taped here. This match got taped there. This matches with this crowd. Who's not even really filled in yet. This matches with a studio crowd. It's just, yeah, it seems like a little bit of a mixed brew right now. All right. My pick in round three, we got two take teams on the board. Let's throw a third one up there in the category of impact slash NWA. 
I'm going to go with Allison Kay and Marty Bell, The Hex. Solid. They were under my uh, independence. If people have more information than me, feel free to tell me that I can't make this pick because NWA doesn't have a roster on their website anywhere. They do have a roster on their Wikipedia page, and Allison and Marty aren't listed on that anymore. But as far as I know, they're still NWA talent, yes? That's what I assumed. Yeah, I mean, they held the titles. So I would assume anyone that's held the titles. NWA doesn't really have a women's... Like when I was doing the 500, (laughs) they don't really have a women's roster. It's just... It's just whoever holds their titles. Like, you think of, like, the Renegade Twins. I'm sorry if that's someone's pick. You think of the Renegade Twins, it's like they're all over the place, but they held the titles. So, I I mean, I would count it, personally. Yeah, I would, too. I, I think if you are someone who is definitively associated with a brand, even if you're not, like, currently listed on an official record or whatever it I, it's all about the taping schedule it could change within you know a couple of months and they don't have any like defined non-affiliation with nwa so i think it counts yeah they made a couple recent appearances they did like two or three recent appearances for impact but that seems to be it it seems like that is done for the time being and they appear at the women's wrestling army tapings but otherwise i consider them nwa talent even if the contracts don't but I'm happy to steal them away from Billy Corgan because they are one of the few women's take teams out there right now where I'm like, this is a take team. <laughs> they, they, they check all the boxes that I look for in a take team. They have a name. They have finishing moves. They have matching gear. They like get along well in promos, backstage. They're, they're best friends. That's everything I want in a take team. And again, like two strong women as a take team or split them up let them do some single stuff at the same time as well while they're holding my take titles they can also be chasing and uh, we can get Allison K versus Athena in my little fantasy promotion this is a hard one here I'm actually going to Japan and I'm pick Starlight Kid and I think it's for a lot of the reasons like I didn't really think about building like storylines I just thought like I'm going to go in and pick the best wrestlers but when you do think about faces and heels and you think about heels in Japan and women's wrestling, it doesn't get more heel than Starlight Kid and Momo. Like those are like those are the dirtbags of of stardom in my opinion. Um the crossover show, they were paired with dirtbags. I mean I, I just think when you when you think of heels, which stardom doesn't typically have heels and faces, it like you can't get any more close to a heel than Starlight Kid. And, you know, she came out as a dark starlight kid. We all get shivers, right? We were ready for it, and she she brings it. So that is my Japan pick, starlight kid. She's not, I mean, it's not like lucha, right? But she is high speed, which I think is probably about as lucha as as stardom is going to get. So, yeah, no, keep the mask. (laughs) That's what brings her her allure, right, is this, this dark mask which I think also, at least for some heels, you would think would make it easier to be a heel because they're hidden. Uh, you're not going to go on the street and, and knock them out because you won't know it's them. <laughs> I love a masked heel. I think it's great. I, I think it's like it's licensed to be even more of a shithead. I think Starlight Kid is a really good pick, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. 
Brian, finish off round three for us. I think I'm going to go to Impact and WA for this pick. Like y'all said, we need people who can be really good heels and really good uh, forces to overcome in our pro wrestling presentations, right? So that's why I'm taking Maxine Paler. Solid. Yes. Who better than Max to be the top heel of any promotion? Uh, especially as someone who has the flexibility to be an outstanding like alternative to the the everyday idea of a babyface as well. But no matter what they are portraying, they are just a straight up menacing force. <laughs> Messing up my plans, Brian. (laughs) I had to get my final boss. (laughs) Absolute monster. They don't have to do anything. They just have to show up. And I'm like, oh, this is so scary. Exactly. (laughs) That's so correct. (laughs) That's absolutely correct. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, okay. Back to the drawing board. We're halfway through. That is the end of round three. Each of us has half of our roster on the board. Still, no picks in the category of WWE. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) M still has a tape team to choose. Brian still has a broadcaster to choose. Um, Kristen still has somebody in the independence and in impact. Brian still has somebody in AEW, so the board is filling up nicely. We've got some high-speed action over in Kristen's promotion with Starlight Kid and the Sugar Rabbits. We've got uh, Masha Slamovich versus Willow Nightingale coming to a showdown over in... What's your what's your promotion called? The, the Fear Wrestling Council? The FWC? We're, we're workshopping the name. We're supposed to name it? I did not name it. <laughs> I'm not naming that for myself. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I wish I would have thought about naming it, but I, I didn't. I already called dibs on Grid and Glitter Wrestling, so GGW is all me. Oh, hey. Wow. <laughs> I see how it is. I named this podcast. Ooh. Oh. Calling you out, Harley. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Round four, (laughs) Brian, kick us off. You've got WWE, AEW, and your wild card still left. All right. So um, first off, I don't know why, but this just came to mind for the name of my promotion, but Indigo Pro. There we go. Um, Nice. So I'm going to go to AEW and and ROH for for this next one. And um, I think my pick here... Uh, is special to me because we all know that they can kill it when given the ball to run. And someone needs to give them the ball to run. And uh, I think Indigo Pro is the perfect place to do that mm-hmm. for one sunny kiss. Ooh. That is, I didn't even think about that one. That is a great pick. Yes. That is an excellent pick. I was curious about where you're going to go with AWROH. And um, Sunny is someone who deserves to have a highlighted, spotlighted place in a roster. 
Um, I think Indigo Pro is exactly where she needs to be. Exactly. No, Sunny Kiss, like, it's it's amazing to me, like, the in, the indie run they had last year, or she had last year, rather, um, compared to how she was used on AEW. Um, because everywhere she went on the indies, uh, she killed it. And even in, like, the small parts that we got to see with her and the Trust Busters for the, those last couple of months there during the, the, the sunny heel era, um, you get to see a different side of, of her and to get to see this, this, um, flexibility that she has and, and how she can portray herself and represent herself. And the athleticism is obviously there already. Like, you don't even have to really talk much about it because it's just a given. Just open your eyes. Uh, with the meager things that they have given her, it's an incredible, it's incredible to see what she can do with such like scant offerings. Like here you get to be the third backup in a faction and yet <laughs> we'll still, we'll still the light every single freaking time. So yeah. like, if you were to actually point a full on spotlight on this person, you would get your money back by tenfold and yet they just never were willing to fully commit which it drives me insane i know like for me it was the the um the tnt title match with, with cody back in um i believe that was in 2021 um like that moment that match like sunny came and delivered so well and the fact that AEW did not capitalize on that uh, will always uh, be a thorn in my side. <laughs> I will say I, I figured out like Cody Rhodes. I, I figured out Cody Rhodes was not booking him because I would, I think I've tweeted out three times where sunny kiss, give us more sunny kiss. And he liked that tweet every time. And I wasn't tagging her. So that tells me that he is out there searching sunny kisses name and agrees. And so I was like, okay, so Cody isn't booking, or at least he doesn't have the last say. And I agree. I mean, every time, why are they not utilizing her? It makes no sense. Kristen, you're up. WWE, Impact NWA, or the Indies? You know, I was going to go WWE, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm looking at my <laughs> roster of Bell to Bell's wrestling, right? Bell to Bell's pro. And you better hurry before somebody else takes Lacey Evans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. You want to talk about bottom pick? Um, no, I'm going to go to Impact in NWA, and I'm taking Camille. And I'm taking Camille because, you know, you think That's of the entire like, NWA women's division. She's <laughs> gutted the company. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Camille, they have let her uh, defend it a lot more often and also like outside of NWA recently, which is great. But, you know, I'm looking at my roster and it's like Starlight Kid, Mizuki, Yuka, and it's all really fast paced, Joshi wrestling. And I'm like, you know what? Let's like, and let's get a powerhouse. Let's get someone that can pick up Starlight Kid and throw her if necessary. Um, and Camille, as we've seen at Empower, can actually pull off a match with someone of that size, like she did with Layla Hirsch. So, Camille's always going to give us uh, a match to remember whether or not Billy Corgan lets her. <laughs> Billy. 
All right, my fourth pick I have left on the board, WWE, Japan, and wildcard. I'm torn between Japan and wildcard, but I think my Japan pick is probably safe. So I'm going to go with my wildcard, and I'm going to give it to the Afropunk, Trisha Dora. Damn you. Damn nice. you. Oh. Another one I feel like was across the board on a lot of people here. Oh, so mad. <laughs> Not um, mad, but you know. Damn it. It depends on the day, honestly, if you asked me. But if you asked me every day in a calendar year, who's your favorite like wrestler going right now? Trish would win at least two out of three times, I'd say. Just, yeah, everything about her, I love. From her personality to her flexibility in the ring, the different types of styles she can do, the different people that she can compete against, and things that she pulls out. She gets, She's getting better and better every single year. And getting to showcase that with top talent, especially people like Athena and Allison Kay, I feel like she just continued to grow and grow. She would probably be like the the anchor baby face in my little promotion going up there against the, against the top baddies and I, I can't believe that she's not signed somewhere yet like she was signed to ROH and then ROH folded and they, they, it was so frustrating because they just teased her joining Shane Taylor promotions and that would have been so cool and then nothing happened with that and she's made a couple of appearances for ROH under Tony Khan's leadership, but she's not appearing on a regular basis for him now. She's not on the Honor Club shows. She hasn't got that AEW graphic. And it's just baffling to me because I... Or that impact hasn't taken her. Nobody's taken her yet. Like, I, I don't get it. I, for the life of me, I do not understand. These people who have billions of dollars to their name. Like, I, I hate this word, but she's consistent. Like, okay. she's always pull I just hate the word I'm sorry but she's always pulling out bangers and you know you want to talk about a workhorse in in the same you know sense that um Sasha or Mercedes was a workhorse or Becky or Bailey she's a workhorse and you know talk about Iron Man matches and you can always rely on Trichador to pull it out and yeah I I really why is Tony sitting on I mean why is Tony sitting on anything frankly but um, yeah, I don't get it either. It's a good point. M, your fourth pick. You have WWE, Japan, and Wildcard left. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with my because... All right. So because Brian kind of put a kibosh on my plans to draft Wasteland War Party, I am drafting as my tag team Kings of the Districts. They were my number two pick. Um, not because I don't adore them, but because, again, I had a vision of, like, a terrifying Haas promotion. And um, <laughs> it's quickly crumbling. Zero offense to yours. Poor M's list was just destroyed immediately. I mean, I should have known. And I'm the one going into this thing, like, we all have such diverse tastes where it's going to be so peaceful. And then you all wrecked it, mother. But, um Kings of the District are uh, legit my favorite tag team. Um, both wrestlers are extraordinary as singles wrestlers, and they, like Harley, as a tag team, really fit my definition of a tag team, which is they've tagged for consistent 
period of time. They um, don't always have matching gear, but they definitely have a move set that they utilize together. Um, they are one of my favorite styles of tag team, being a bruiser in Jordan Blade and a flyer in Neil O'Neill. Yeah, and I would take a bullet for Jordan Blade. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be my promotion. Brian, sell us on Kings of the District. Why I made such a great pick here. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory in a way if you've seen them. But, um, no, supremely talented tag team. Um, that kind of fits a lot of the motifs that we've seen with our, ta- ta- our respective tag team picks so far, that they work well together. They work well separate from one another. They work well against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like that yeah. match where they wrestled each other at uh, the last Pride and Vibe show in February was so good. And and to showcase different sides of, of their personality as well. I will always remember Jordan Blade hitting a cannonball off the apron and talking about, there, you got some flippy shit. Um, <laughs> that will just stick in my brain forever. No, two solid, solid talents in the ring. And great people outside of the ring, too. Very, very passionate about their visions for, for pro wrestling. Yeah, legit some of the nicest people I've gotten to talk to in wrestling. And um, just just real like genuine. And I feel like they would be just really great standard bearers for my promotion. So welcome, welcome Kings of the District. Okay, that takes us the end of round four we all still have our wwe pick sitting in our pockets <laughs> then em and i have japan Kristen has the indies and brian has their wild card i will say <laughs> it's very there's something quite funny to me for how much we rave about impacts knockouts division on here three of us chose nwa talent in that category over impact talent and M shows Masha Slamovich who often wrestles like more on the indies than in impact these days. I will say Giselle Shaw was my number two in that category. So a lot of respect on the impact knockout. Division. Yeah. I did have killer Kelly as my number two. Yeah. And I had Deanna and um, Jordan in various iterations of my roster and, and I, yeah, there's, there's a lot of impact people who are like who are strong number twos. <laughs> yeah, I just I had a, <laughs> you all crushed. So now I'm back to the drawing board, but I'm trying to like make the best of it, and I'm <laughs> I'm trying to reshape my ideas. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of impact players that would have made it on here. It's just yeah, it's just how it shakes out. Can I can I scrap a WWE pick and get an extra impact person? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing works. Um, you must take a WWE <laughs> cast off in true impact fashion. Can't roll a die and get a bonus. Equally, uh, maybe not as funny, but still interesting that in the category of AWROH, we collectively chose Athena, Willow Nightingale, Sunny Kiss, and Renee Paquette. Athena, who's ROH, Sunny, who is signed to, signed to Dark. <laughs> Willow Nightingale. Oh, God. <laughs> this punched me in my gut, Harley. <laughs> but again, just just really that that speaks to the four of us and like our visions for our promotions that we chose. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people people who are on Honor Club, people who are do not wrestle regularly on Dynamite over the top champs and the top number one contenders mm-hmm. on Dynamite and Rampage. Nobody chose Soraya. Nobody chose Tony Storm or Britt Baker or Jade Carter. 
I'm surprised no one took Jamie Hayter. Uh, don't don't think I wasn't conflicted about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. She was my number two, but you know I had to I had to pick Renee before anyone else did. So. Yeah. I think my brain went like, okay, I get don't get Athena. So what's the opposite power of Athena? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Willow and Athena both have like equal levels of like power in their move set, but like Willow's representing the like light side and Athena's representing the dark side. <laughs> okay, round five. Here we go. All the tag teams have been chosen. Is that correct? That's correct. Brian still has a broadcaster that they need to choose. Otherwise, we're game. M, make your fifth pick. Are they coming from Japan or are they coming from the world of sports entertainment? Okay, everyone. I'm going to break this whole WWE drought that we have. <laughs> Damn, I thought we were all going to get to the last round. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm a little worried you guys will take the person I want, the only person that fits into my grand plans here. Um, I'm going to be drafting Rhea Ripley. Oh, that's a good. That's a good choice. I thought you were going to say Lacey Evans, but uh, she was definitely my first two. She is a number two. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, we love all women, right? I, I would have said, well, you know, there's lots of there's lots of really worthy women in WWE. All kidding aside, but I've had a long-standing. Um, uh, let's say interest in his Ripley. Same. That's what we're calling it now, huh? We're gonna call it a, a, a supportive interest. Um, yeah, but for real, in my original draft of my idea, she was the one WWE person of high prominence that I thought would like fit in really well with that idea. Um, that's certainly the role that they kind of put her in. She fits it fine. She fits it perfectly well. Um, I think she's a great wrestler. I think she's a great presence. I think she has like a surprising amount of charisma. Um, and I've even liked a lot what they've done with her recently, like with, with the judgment and um, with Dominic. And so, yeah, let's bring her on board. You know what? I'm going to be generous. You get Dominic, too. It's a package <gasps> deal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, takes along at, he takes along at ringside just like Pikachu following Ash. <laughs> I'll take it. Is he out of jail yet? <laughs> prison. It was prison. Um, prison. Um, as long as his like slew of uh, guards come along with him, because I will also take the free Dan Barry. They gotta quit teasing us though about Rhea and Solo. Because I saw a clip. I don't really watch a lot of WWE live, but I saw a clip, and you know, she's just standing up to him. It's like, oh, well, don't tease us if you're not going to do it. Because we know you're not going to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. irritating when they do that. It's really right. irritating when they do that. And I'm I'm, I'm wondering if it could, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't dare to hope, especially in, in the current, the current <laughs> landscape. Yeah. They've done it in the past, you know, and they've had her in the China mold. So it makes sense to follow some of that. But no, I don't think they will. Which is bummer. So she's welcome in my promotion where she gets to wrestle and do whatever she wants to do. Rhea and Masha <laughs> versus Kings of the District. Yeah. yeah. That's a match. That is a match. I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at my new promotion. I'm like, this is great. This is really great. Yeah, we all have good promotions. Oh my gosh, you guys have great promotions. Okay, my fifth pick. I've got WWE, I've got Japan. I will leave WWE 
till the end. Honestly, I'll be I'll be completely candid. I haven't decided yet who my WWE pick is. So let's go to Japan, and I need another top babyface for my promotion. I can't have just Trish. I need another strong, lovable babyface with the perfect chipmunk cheeks. I'm going to go with your new World of Stardom champion, Tam Nakano. Oh my god, you ruined it for me, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I thought you might choose somebody else from TJPW. I thought you might choose like a Shuri. No, I mean you spoiled the show for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was not gonna stay up till like seven. I'm. <laughs> wow. So I've been avoiding Oops. like any Twitter starting posts, and damn it. I mean, look, I'm happy, but you just ruined it for me, Harley. <laughs> I didn't. I that thought never crossed my mind. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, typically I stay up. Typically I'm like, oh, whatever. Even though I'm 37, you know, but it's a good pick. Man, Harley, way to play 30, spoiling whole events for people. <laughs> Playing some mind games over here. <laughs> the thought never even crossed my mind, honestly, because I don't follow Stardom anymore, really. Like, I stopped watching Stardom full-time around 2020 for a myriad reasons, which I won't get into here. There are, like, many reasons why I kind of lo- lost interest. But before I lost it, well, okay, one of the reasons was I felt like the people that I loved and cared about the most were never going to get the top spots, were never going to get to be the star players. People like Jungle Hiona, people like Momo Watanabe, people like Tam Nakano. At the time, it felt like they had already been leaped over by the newbies, by Julia, by Shuri, by Utami, by Sai Kamatani. And the, peop- the people I loved the most, the people that, like, I wanted to see succeed. It felt like they weren't in Rossi Ogawa's vision and they were never going to get to reach that top tier. Jungle Kiona was never going to hold the white belt. None of them were ever going to hold the red belt. So even though I haven't watched Stardom in like a year or two, when I read these news on Twitter today, when I, when I had it spoiled for me, I made the point to go out in the half hour I had between getting home from work and starting this podcast just to watch that match and just to see it happened to see Tam win the big one, have that crowning moment and know that she's the top person in the promotion now. Like that's, it, it made me emotional. It's making me emotional now talking about it because I, I love her so much. And just to see, just to see that person that you're invested in to see like, Oh my God, they actually made it. It was the same feeling I had watching Kevin and Sammy main event WrestleMania. I was like, WWE can't make me emotional. This is like the most sterilized clinic, polished McDonald's, (laughs) of pro wrestling there is and i'm watching that show and the the referee counts three and i'm like bawling my eyes out going oh my god they did it they made an event at wrestlemania yeah well to be fair um i was messaging warren just now and i also ruined it for him because i thought he had seen the whole show and he hadn't gotten there yet so sorry warren (laughs) sorry warren let's pay it forward Warren, it'll be made up if Tam gets to come be at Forbidden Door 2 in Toronto here this summer. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not, yeah. We're not, we don't have to get into that, but I'm not holding my breath. So. Kristen, spoil something for us. Who is your pick in either WWE or the Independents? So the Independents, I have like 12 picks. So we're going to go to WWE. And I'm going to go with this pick because she had such a freaking incredible indie run. And an indie run where she beat the shit out of men. 
but I know that she would have an incredible time in my promotion, and that's Candice LeRae. I feel like they had so much potential, and you saw a little bit of an NXT, right? Especially with, like, Halloween Havoc, her and EO, they're taking these bumps, but she hasn't, you know, really at all been a factor in in main card, really, ever, and um, it's a waste, because I have seen her stuff at PWG, and it's just a freaking waste. I mean, she killed the Young Bucks. Like, why is she not killing every man on that roster, including Roman Reigns, including Cody Rhodes? What the hell is wrong with them? So, WWE pick Candice Ray. She's been treated fine in, like, she was treated fine in NXT. I haven't seen what she's doing on Raw or SmackDown. I haven't, you know, I haven't been seen on Twitter like, oh, Candice is challenged for the title at this pay-per-view. Candice won this big match. So I don't think they're doing much with her. But she was never really given the ball in NXT either. Like, she kind of floated around for a while, and then for a long period of time, she was Johnny Gargano's wife. And it wasn't as bad as it would have been in the 90s or in a different time period, but it wasn't that much better in terms of her characterization, in terms of her being given, like, meaty storylines of her own. So seeing her return to, like, being her own woman, getting to wrestle people like Starlight Kid, people like Camille, I'd be all about that. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, you have two picks left, including a broadcaster. Is it going to be your WWE or your wild card? So round five is going to be my wild card. Um, hmm. Because uh, when looking for a broadcaster, you want someone who can do it all, right? You want to, like, so much about my my roster that I put together is about flexibility. And in my mind, there is only one person, uh, maybe outside of Veda, that is uh, a pure jack-of-all-trades when it comes to a broadcast role, whether it be play-by-play, color, uh, ring announcing, backstage interviews, whatever, wherever you want to put a microphone in her hands, it works. And that is Val Capone. Very nice. Very good. I was hoping Val would get drafted. Yes. There was a moment, like, when I was devising strategies earlier today, I had a moment where, like, do I just troll everyone and just pick Samantha Irvin as my WWE pick so I have another indie that I can choose for wild card? But no, I can't deny Val. I can't deny Val that even for, for a troll uh, <laughs> little mention there. Val is just outstanding, mm-hmm. um, and she kills it no matter where she pops up. All right, that takes us to the end of round five. We each have only one pick left our rosters are shaping up all the broadcasters have been chosen all the tape teams have been chosen brian and i have our wwe superstars our wwe divas if you'd like still to pick m has somebody from japan Kristen has somebody from the independence how is this all going to shake down the only mm, good news for m and Kristen is their picks in this last round cannot be stolen by anybody else they're done Brian goes first in our last round, so they could potentially steal my pick dun, dun, dun. in the category of WWE. Ooh, this is great. Like, <laughs> does Brian have the same pick that Harley does or the same vision of who they want to steal from WWE? Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> Let's wait no longer. Brian, your final pick. My final pick from WWE. I think 
I have an idea of who you are going to pick, Harley. I'm glad because I don't. Okay, <laughs> I have a I have an idea, but I don't think that my pick is going to interfere with yours um, because um, <clears throat> if you haven't noticed the trend with, with my roster yet, um, I'm all about the queers, baby. Um, and we are going to uh, throw down a nice firewall and pull Shayna Baszler away from Ronda Rousey and get her back into being the absolute fucking killer that she was in NXT and she was on the independence before that. And we are going to uh, bring in another outstanding heel force that will put on technical masterpieces. Oh, poor Sunny. She's gonna she's gonna destroy Sunny. <laughs> Sunny's very flexible. It'll be okay. <laughs> the impaler, Brian, you you ingenious. <laughs> okay, Kristen. In the Indies, Indies of any country. Will it be your own country? Will it be your fiancé's great nation of Canada? <coughs> Where are they coming from? No, so, I, so I'm thinking of, of somebody that would match well with Candice LeRae and her um, ultraviolet violent past, right? So I'm, I'm going to draft Rina Yamashita, um, who that technically is. is Japanese indeed, but she's also been over here forever. Um crazy wanting to do whatever in the ring and i think you know rita i don't know if she's really a face or, or a heel i think she's sort of both um but i think paired with candace they would destroy and bleed all over everything so that is my last pick rena solid thank you renee paquette might be doing a little bit of heavy lifting in your promotion since uh, half your roster does not speak english wait oh I feel like you could. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Oh my gosh. And Cam- Camille, like, famously well, mute. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I feel like most Stardom women know a little bit. Like I do feel like Starlight and and Yuka at least know a little bit. Like I think of like Waka in Stardom or Julia or Tekla, right? Like most of them can speak some English. It's like Julia speaks really well, but um, yeah, no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> we'll we'll have we'll have uh, we'll have somebody translating. It'll be fine. It'll be great. If there's anybody who can all... do the heavy lifting, it's Renee. You'll get them all managed. Right. It's fine. I wouldn't be surprised if Renee knew Japanese. She just never used it. She's one of those, you know, many hats. Just get every, just get them all managers of different types. It'll be great. Exactly. As long as they speak English. <laughs> Lips or French. I'm sure Renee speaks, speaks French. Probably. Oh, she definitely speaks French. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's from Toronto. I don't speak any French. Well, yeah, but it's Renee. I feel like there's yeah, it's Paquette, right? Paquette. Yeah. I feel like there's very little she doesn't do. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's just like one of those, she's one of those ladies. Right. I wish she would learn Japanese just for my promotion. Like, oh, I gotta learn Japanese now, and I'm like, okay. You're <laughs> the big box. She's gotta learn the. She's gotta learn Japanese for it. Yes. Okay, decision decision time. I have to choose somebody from WWE. It's such a deep roster. 
if you consider Raw, SmackDown, NXT, there's so many people to choose from. And okay, first, Brian, who did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to pick Roxanne Perez. Yeah, she was definitely on the list, but mm, yeah, see, I'm trying to, uh, mm, I'm still undecided. Okay, I have to make a decision now. I've got Athena, Trisha Dora, Tam Nakano, and the Hex. So I've got a couple of baby faces. I need, yeah, that's what I was leaning towards. Why? The only reason I was leaning away from Roxanne is I need a heel. I need a strong heel to ra- round out my division. And that's, yeah, that's the only reason that I'm not choosing someone like Roxanne. I'm not choosing someone like Bianca Belair, who would be many other people's first draft picks in this whole thing. I need a heel who could also, you know, turn babyface down the line and do that, who can talk on the mic, who can do it in the ring, solo, or with some hench women at her side, somebody with some name value that's going to get the butts in the door. Give me Bailey. <laughs> that was I was gonna predict that you said that, and that's why I was like, just just say the name, because I I mean that was my second pick. You want to heal? That's the one to go with, right? Yeah, she and she's entering into like not she may not be there yet, but she's gonna be in her like veteran years in the near future, where you can bring in a plucky like rookie team, a t- say a team like the Renegade Twins, and partner them with Bailey, and they'll learn quickly being in her corner in the same way like Dakota and EO have been learning how the WWE style you know they they were seasoned performers before they arrived on on Raw but I'm sure Bailey is teaching them all the WWE mannerisms and where the hard cams are and how to do things in these huge arenas that I'm sure Dakota isn't wasn't used to wrestling in before WWE only one pick left the final pick of the 2023 Women's Wrestling Draft. That's right. It's back to me. I had a lot of options for this one. Oh, like too many options. And I ran through my list like a dozen times and <laughs> rearranged the order accordingly. But the one who kept floating to the top for me was Miyu Yamashita. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, I think that she'll fit in perfectly with this roster. She, um, even in my original idea, she was my number one pick for my Japanese draft. Um, I just love her style. I love, I, I mean, I, I love someone with that can kick a head in, and that's my gal. I think she delivers a lot of power in a very um, efficient and um, steely package. I think there's been arguments that, like, she doesn't have as much, um, like, presence or charisma that, like, other Joshi have in spades. But I think that's the wrong way to think about it. I think she's a killer. Um, I think that she has a cool, like, cold killer mentality in the way that she works. And I, uh, I yeah, I dig her vibe. And I want her to come and do some damage in my promotion. She is my final draft pick. Thank you all for not stealing her. <laughs> She's so solid. And I think she shows personality in the way that she wants to fight. Yeah. Like I, I had done a written interview um, that had to be translated with her for PWI. And I was like, what is the one thing you want to do on your tour in U.S.? And she wanted to push somebody down the Ruby stairs uh, in New York. And I'm like, that is the coolest idea. And somebody should let her do that. <laughs> I'm so psyched to get to see her wrestle in person. 
that in joy in June. Um, she'll be wrestling a uh, a longtime wrestler, a favorite around here, Ray Lynn. Um, I think it's just they're going to pull such great things out of each other. But I, I think she does have personality. I think that she like it comes out in bits and pieces. There was the great bit of exchange um, at the end of a recent Eve show where um, she is the current Eve champion. And Millie McKenzie came out to challenge for the belt and did a long, long promo about deserving the challenge, et cetera. And Neo just said, OK, goodbye. Just like ushering her off like real quick, real clip. The crowd loved it. It was perfectly timed. I think she has a lot of personality. It just comes out in, in ways that, you know, you don't associate. It's not a big one. I just think that she does have a defined personality. And who cares when she can also kick heads in, kick skulls in, in abundance. So, no, she's she was my number one pick for, for, for Japan in almost every draft of this that I did. And uh, I'm sticking with it. Okay, that's it. That takes us to the end of the 20. 20- 23 draft our rosters are slated you listeners will get to choose who won this draft and who will have bragging rights for a calendar year before we go let's each run down our rosters one more time our final rosters m your draft pick number one kick us off what was your roster okay i've got rhea ripley blue nightingale masha slamovich mio yamashara Kings of the District, and on announcing and interview duties, Meg Fair. I have Bailey, Athena, The Hex, Tam Nakano, Trisha Dora, and Veda Scott in the booth. Yeah, so I have Candice LeRae, Renee Paquette, Camille, Starlight Kid, Rena Yamashita, and Magical Sugar Rapids. And I guess that leaves me. So I have Shayna Baszler, Sunny Kiss, Maxley Impaler, Vinny, Allie Catch, and Dark Sheik, and Val Capone uh, helming all of the microphones. <laughs> Brian, you don't have a non-compete clause in your contracts, right? They can all still do the big gay brunch and all that, because otherwise Effie's going to be pissed. Oh, my God. oh, of course. Of course they can also do the big gay brunch. I have no qualms about partnering <laughs> up with Effie. You just gutted <laughs> the big gay brunch. <laughs> It's just Effie and Pear are literally eating brunch now by themselves. <laughs> Somehow even them do, doing that will still in, result in somebody getting bloody. I'm pretty sure so, there'll be yeah. a blood bath. Yes. <laughs> Harley, out of curiosity, you, you signed her so fast, or you signed them so fast that I, uh, that I didn't have a chance to ask. Um, did you have a number two from Beta? Uh, in the independence category? Or number two, broadcaster. In your broadcaster. Not really. I, Renee, <laughs> I had Renee penciled like on my list if you know I got the fourth pick and somebody chose Veda first. But the, that's the reason I chose Veda as like my number one draft pick because I was like, there's nobody else I want. Like, I mean, I would not by by no means would I be like disappointed if I had to quote unquote settle for Alyssa Marino or Sam Laterna or someone like that. But Veda, I knew Veda was like the voice of my promotion. <laughs> yeah, my pick of my pick of gem is slightly uh less hilarious what without as many of the hosses that I had planned, but I still think it'll work. I still think they'll they'll be surrounded by a fair amount of intimidating uh characters. So yes. is there anybody that uh, we collectively are like shocked that nobody shows I mean 
we didn't choose any of the active champions from any of the top promotions. Jamie Hayter, I'm really surprised that none of us picked Jamie Hayter. Mercedes Monet. Nobody chose yeah. Mercedes. Yes, I thought we were going to have that. Like, I I thought we would reach that conversation of, like, she's Japan, right? Like, she's my Japan pick, not my independence pick. Oh, she's Japan. She's Japan. She's got a yeah. Japanese yeah. No, I mean, I, no spoilers, anybody, but um, she has a Japanese belt. Yeah, beyond that, like, I, I thought Bianca Belair would have gotten chosen by somebody. I mean, Becky Lynch is like the face of WWE. Never came up. Yeah, true. <laughs> no one picked Charlotte Flair. I'm kind of surprised Jordan Grace didn't get picked. These are all people that were, you know, two yeah. third, fourth picks down. But then somebody was like, oh, I want to have faces and heels. And I'm like, I don't even think about that, you know. Yeah, I had a hard time yeah. that in that kind of um, in that kind of perspective. Right, um, Jordan was like it was Masha Jordan back and forth for me based on like what my plans were. I just went with Masha just because she plays it slightly more deadly right now than than Jordan. Like Jordan is obviously a powerhouse, but she's face, and I needed I wanted to go with someone who was more in the heel mode for my impact. Right. I can definitely understand that. I think like my number two with AEW uh, was Nyla, obviously. Yeah. Um, just because like Nyla's outstanding, uh, and very very funny. But um, but yeah, I think those are the ones that that surprised me the most. So Bianca really surprised me. I thought that I thought that somebody would jump on Bianca pretty quick, but I misspoke when I said there were no champions. Rhea Ripley's champ. Yes, I was, gonna, I was gonna say Rhea Ripley is an obvious pick. I'll be, t- to be honest, like it's not like I didn't pick a dark horse. Um, right. I picked like the Women's Royal Rumble winner slash you know the one of the current champions, WrestleMania eventer. Like you know she's she's an obvious pick, but she also fits for what I was trying to do. Bianca's also an obvious pick, but also a really good one. She just for my particular <laughs> flavor wasn't gonna fit. Right. And my, my dark horse actually was Julia Hart. <laughs> then when I looked at because I was like, Julia Hart to me is like the boss, right? Like she's really came into her own. Um, and like I, I always tweet out like, oh, the boss is here. Be on your best behavior. But that's because I think she's the leader of that group. <clears throat> but, you know, I looked at my, my roster and I'm like, well, I need someone big. It can't all be small wrestlers. Right. That doesn't make much sense. So. We should have had like one more category that was like un- underused or underrated, like in a major yeah. part. Yeah. But I mean, I was just thinking that's kind of like with the big two and the four of us being who we are, that's sort of what happened, right? Like, yeah. Sunny Kiss and Candace mm-hmm. were chosen because, like, you remember how good they are and you wanted to see them somewhere else <laughs> getting to be that good. Rhea Ripley, you chose in part because, like, you like would love to get to see her like wrestle like men wrestle like other types of figures to that extent i mean you could also just cut off that statement as it, uh you would love to see her <laughs> <laughs> actually i have i have a question actually that kind of might fit for, for an additional category going forward here who would you uh pick a book oh for your promotion I feel like that's a harder question. <laughs> Does it have to be like someone of marginalized gender? 
I would, if we stick with the, with the with the motif of the draft, I would I would say so. Yeah. And then it's so, like okay, so we're, we're all choosing female... somebody with no experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got mine already in, in mind, and I'm very glad that oh, Dark Sheik? that they well, Dark Sheik would be a great booker. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have a two headed booking team. <laughs> we'll put Dark Sheik with Billy Dixon. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, and and do that, and let them just go to town on whatever the hell they want to do. All right. Well, I'm going with Emi Sakura. So. Oh, taken. good one. Mm. Miko Satamura. That's my pick. Oh, Kristen, fuck off. <laughs> 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 oh, no, sorry. We're so like you and me. Um, keep like reaching into my brain and taking my thoughts. How dare you? <laughs> I had to grab it. I'm like, okay, who else? Oh, Miko. Taking it. Taking it. I don't have a good answer, guys. I'm has to settle for Stephanie McMahon. I, yeah. <laughs> you could do, like, Mickey. Who's, who's She's out there that deserves, who, who's out there that deserves some rehabilitation? Who, who, who deserves a second chance? Maria's <laughs> been doing decent work with the R. You like Maria's work with the ROH Women's Division? Actually, yeah, I'll give, I would give, because honestly, everything that they've been doing with Women's Wrestling Army has been great, and um, with, like, some real money and, like, consistency, like, booking behind it, and, you know, like, a regular regular show behind it, I think that, uh, I think she could do fantastic things, so, yeah, absolutely. Not AJ Mendez. Um, <laughs> if she even does anything, I don't. It might be all McLean. Who knows? I don't know how much she has to do with any of it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Her, it's just to say, like I, I don't know who's exactly pulling the strings there. Besides, obviously David's particular taste in certain. Uh, yeah, I hear um, he's very particular and kind of controls everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's just a name. I hope not. But I, I hope not. And I think she probably does have all this way. Like from what I've watched in the most recent like run of, of WoW, it feels like there is a another hand in the mix of the booking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it definitely does. So I'm wondering if that's hers. But yeah, I think Harley you make a great point. I think Maria would be absolutely a, a, a worthwhile pick. Agreed. But but Mika was definitely who was hanging on to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you said Emmy, I was like, oh sh- Exactly. The minute Emmy's name was said, I was like, well, Vico and Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> we all have to pull our resources and form a su- like a super promotion. Come on, look at that. Imagine that all of these names were in one roster. We'll have a crossover event that will actually feature women's wrestling. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Shut <laughs> up. Yes. Um, we can buy the rights to the Dream Slam name. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us on this inaugural draft. Ten years from now, we'll look back on this one and go, ah, oh, remember what could have been. Hey, remember Candice LeRae? Have I thought of her in ten years? Oh, no. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter. If you have any thoughts or suggestions on how we could tweak this, how we could make it even better... Uh, what we could maybe add to the future for future drafts, please 
send us an email, gritglitterpodcast at gmail.com, or send us a message on Twitter at gritglitterpod. If you go to our Twitter, you can vote and decide decisively who gets the little trophy, who gets to carry it home around for the next year and break, that they're the best booker. In the meantime, Kristen, where can people find you online? Well, I've been um, like consistently sick for the past month, but Belt of Bells is swinging back. So if you go to Twitter at Bell, T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S, like Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Um, right now I'm releasing the Women's 500. So I spent like a full-time job um, compiling uh, a list of 500 women or uh, wrestlers who have fought in women's divisions or for women's belts, not always identified as a woman. Um, and we're released, I've released 20 to 500, 21 to 500. And so in the next week, I'm releasing the top 20 um, throughout the days. So I'm really nervous. <laughs> the top 20 is usually highly, uh, highly arguable. But yeah, check that out. And Brian, what are you up to? Well, uh, you can catch my my pro wrestling writing at outsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, even though I don't post anything on my personal Instagram at WonderboyOTM. Um, of course, LGBT in the ring is back from hiatus now, so uh, fully independent. Or going to be launching a Patreon here in May for the show. But um, you can catch those uh, new episodes every Thursday. Um, just search LGBT in the ring now in your own, in your podcast service of choice. Uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LGBT ring pod. And um, yeah, I think that's everything. Okay. I'm on Twitter at your echo heart. M. Oh, I'm on Twitter at Forge PGH. And we'll be back here next week, myself and M for another episode of grit and glitter. What's on the schedule? I think next week we're going to do another Living Legend episode, Em. You up for that? You know, it's been a minute, and I think it's time. I think it's time. Okay. This is our series where we go hard into the biographical history of some of the best women still going today. Try to give them their flowers while they can and tell you why they're so great, how they came to be, who they are. And so next week on the show, it will be Living Legend... Emmy Sakura. <laughs>